Welcome to the Story Exchange. I'm Colleen DeBase. And I'm Sue Williams. If you've ever had sushi, you've probably eaten seaweed. Seaweed seems to be everywhere right now, in noodles, in snacks, in smoothies. Whole Foods and Pinterest named it one of the year's hottest food trends. And what we like about seaweed is that it's climate-friendly. When you're adding it to the water and it's sucking up that carbon from the ocean and then you pull it out of the ocean, you're actually removing that carbon from the ocean. That's Brianna Warner. I'm the CEO and president of Atlantic Sea Farms. Which is a seaweed farming startup. We headed to Maine to talk with Bree and spent a chilly morning on the ocean with her. Sweatshirts and jackets on. Yeah, it's a good idea. Stay warm. Yeah. Bree specializes in kelp. It's a large brownish seaweed. You sometimes see it washed up on the beach. Kelp is loaded with calcium, magnesium, and iodine. Um, and when we ferment it, those become more bioavailable, and you add the probiotics of natural fermentation, which just make it a perfect food to add into your diet. And it tastes pretty good, too. Bree's company sells kelp products to restaurants and grocery stores. And we always talk to customers about this. who are like, I want to sell it. You know, how do I get kelp on my menu? I'm like, just put it in a vegan dressing and don't even talk about it. People will be like, this is great. It's umami. It's delicious. Don't even mention that it's kelp. So kelp likes cool temperatures. Which is why Maine is the perfect spot in the United States to grow it. We have very clean, cold waters, very nutrient-dense waters. Bree's company works with lobster fishermen, long a staple of Maine's economy. Oh, we are so dependent on the lobster fishery. All the other fisheries are gone, for the most part. And this lobster industry, while it's doing well, is terrifyingly volatile. The Gulf of Maine is warming faster than 99% of oceans in the world. We have a perfect temperature here right now for lobsters to thrive. But just a few more degrees in that water, and that is no longer going to be the case. Atlantic Sea Farms has partnered with dozens of commercial fishermen to grow kelp in their off-season, which helps diversify their income. That's a long knife, too. That's a good idea. Yeah, the the kelp knives. It's a cooperative farming model, similar to those used by Stonyfield Organic for milk and Ocean Spray for cranberries. But with kelp, it's grown in the winter, which is counter-seasonal to lobster. It uses the exact same equipment as lobstering does. You know, it became very clear to us that kelp was a tremendous opportunity for fishermen. They know what they're doing on the water better than anybody. We headed out in a small boat with Bree and with Trevor McDonald, who grew up on these waters, part of a lobster fishing family. Yeah, no, right here is fine. We don't go all the way out and around. Trevor's got a long red beard and a bright orange jacket. When I was a kid, we used to go out for five, six days at a time, father and I, and it was just part of life. Yeah, I never thought twice about it. Yeah, I love it. Trevor and Bree showed us how the kelp grows on these long lines that are suspended a few feet below the water. The blades can grow 10 feet or more before they're harvested in the spring. The thing about this time of year, bringing up the kelp lines this way, is they are heavy. The kelp is rich brown in color. It doesn't become green until you expose it to hot water. Mm, and that's when it starts to look like the seaweed salad that you might have with your sushi. That's right, yeah. And that's how most people in the U.S. have been eating seaweed since the 1990s, at least. About 95% of edible seaweed is imported, something Brie is on a mission to change. When we got back to the shore, we headed to Atlantic Sea Farm's 27,000-square-foot processing facility. Brie may be the CEO, but she's hands-on. 
She pulled a cartload of fresh kelp in a giant white bag through the warehouse. How much does this weigh? About a thousand pounds. And this just came off the farm this morning. You can just eat it right off the farm. We followed her into a kitchen where several workers wearing gloves and hairnets were packing fermented kelp into jars and testing recipes. Matt was doing a lot of our recipe innovations. So Matt, what, what kind of new things are we working on? Some vegan fish sauce. So I'm currently fermenting some of our fresh kelp with um, a couple different blanched mushrooms, and then some ginger and onions, and then uh, let it go for a little bit, and then blended some miso and tamari to keep it gluten-free and hopefully taste delicious. Our whole mission, as we'll talk about a lot, is to focus on getting more fishermen in the water. But the way to do that is to drive demand. And the way to drive demand is to make everything taste outstanding. So when we're selling to wonderful chefs, we're not talking about our mission. We're talking about, like, hey, this is really good to wrap around fish. It keeps the juices in. Or sprinkle a little bit of this on your ramen, or put this in your pesto. So Brie is not from Maine originally. So I grew up in central Pennsylvania, a town called Williamsport, uh, which had long been known for its lumber and natural resource-based economies. Brie married a Mainer, her husband, Matt Warner. Hey, Mark, what do you want for breakfast? Matt and I got married in 2009, and so I became a card-carrying member of um, the Maine fan club. Um, and it was really hard for me to think of a, any other place I'd rather live. They raised their two kids. In a beautiful farmhouse on a beautiful hilly road with a land trust surrounding it, and it's, it's a pretty idyllic place to be. Yeah. Bree's actually an economist by training. She spent many years overseas working as a foreign service officer for the U.S. Department of State. You know, it's a lot of traveling, a lot of moving around, and Matt didn't really see himself living in many of the countries where we were because he kept getting evacuated, and I think he was pretty tired of it. Her first job when she moved to Maine was, oddly enough, making pies. I thought, well, I'll just start a small bakery and we'll give people their first employment opportunities. And uh, we did that, and the company really took off. And we made pies like your mother never made was our tagline. The bakery was called Maine Pie Line, based in Portland, and she employed refugees. When I came, I realized this is the whitest state in the country, and there are a lot of really incredible communities that have started immigrating here recently, mostly from areas where I'm familiar with, like Iraq, Syria, Afghanistan, Congo. After a year of making pies, Bree made a big move to the nonprofit Island Institute. My background being in economic development and really focusing on natural resources. I was very excited to work with the lobster industry to think about ways to diversify incomes in the face of climate change in advance of the problem happening. There's a growing body of research looking at seaweed and climate change. Seaweed improves water quality and helps to mitigate the effects of something called ocean acidification. That's when the ocean absorbs carbon dioxide emissions from humans burning fossil fuels. It really degrades shell-bearing organisms and corals. So you're talking about corals, you're talking about you know, oysters, mussels, all of that. But you're also talking about phytoplankton, which produce most of the oxygen that we breathe. Bree understood that kelp could be a powerful tool to draw carbon dioxide from the water and make it less acidic. 
At the time, the seaweed was becoming more and more in consumers' diets through sushi, through seaweed salads, through the seaweed snacks. We were kind of looking into the different types of aquaculture that we could get fishermen into, and we are getting people into oysters and mussels. Bree took over as CEO of a local kelp farm called Ocean Approved, which in 2018 became Atlantic Sea Farms. Our promise to these folks always has been is we'll give you free seed because we have to grow all of our seed in-house. And then we have a buyback guarantee for every single blade of kelp that they grow. And here we are three years later. And this year we're working with 27 partner farmers, most of whom are fishermen. And we'll be harvesting over a million pounds of kelp in the next two months. It was fascinating to see how seaweed is becoming a booming industry in Maine and elsewhere. It's part of a new push towards regenerative agriculture that we'll be exploring more at the Story Exchange. And Bree is helping lead the way. Atlantic Sea Farms is now the largest producer of farm seaweed in the country. And its products are now in 3,000 grocery stores, including Wegmans and Whole Foods. We thank Bree for talking with us. And we thank you for listening. This has been the Story Exchange. Join us next time to hear more stories about innovative and inspirational women doing the things you'd never dream of. Or maybe you would. If you like this podcast, please share on social media or post a review wherever you listen. It helps other people find the show. And visit our website at thestoryexchange.org where you'll find news, videos, and tips for entrepreneurial women. And we'd love to hear from you. Drop us a line at info at thestoryexchange.org or find us on Facebook. I'm Colleen DeBase, sound editing provided by Nusha Balian, interview recorded by Susan Bryant. Production coordinator is Noelle Flago. Our mixer is Pat Donahue at String and Can. Executive producers are Sue Williams and Victoria Wong, recorded at Cutting Room Studios in New York City.